Hey everybody, Double G here for the Death Lineup Solo Edition, podcast only as well. Uh, Brian and I did not record Thursday because recording the Thursday right before a Warriors game makes the podcast kind of obsolete, and so we decided that we'd postpone it, but uh, we could not figure out a time today to do it. And with all the stuff going on with the Warriors, with Draymond, how poor they seem right now, I decided to do a quick one here. Uh, And, you know, we haven't really talked about the Draymond thing because he got kicked out um, and suspended uh, since the last time we recorded. And I started to think about, like, when did the switch happen? Now, I know Draymond has done things in the past. He's got suspended in the past. He's gotten in the face of referees. He's made contact with other people's nether regions. So this is not, it's not like this is a new thing for him. But, you know, and and we're Brian and I aren't the... Uh, hot take kind of folks we we, you know we we are a little bit more reason we're not we're not saying things necessarily to get retweets or you know to go viral or anything and my thought on the draymond situation is that there was something that happened last year Prior to the Jordan Poole situation, and that may have been contract related, right? For all we know, as a, as uh, athletes get older, you know, you you lose a little bit of juice here or there. There could be frustrations. You know, Draymond is now married; he has a couple of kids, and so his life changed. And after he punched Jordan Poole. Brian and I were kind of out there just saying, hey, he needs to own this thing. He needs to make a public apology. He needs to apologize privately to Jordan. And maybe maybe he has done that. I I do not know. But the thing about it is that he got away with it, not only with, you know, maybe not even a slap on the wrist. The NBA didn't do anything. As far as we know, the Warriors didn't do anything. They then traded the guy who he punched. And I you kind of wonder what that does to someone psychologically when you are on the edge of, of certain things. And, you know, you may get punished by a suspension here or there. But then, then you strike another teammate. And it's not like Jordan sued him. It's not like he filed a charge against him. The thing is on video. And Dre just, just got away with it. Not only did he, not, did he get away with it, but... He was not looked at as uh, necessarily as the the bad guy in this scenario when it came to the Warriors' standpoint. And when you get when you get away with something like that, you kind of you know, he probably felt like he was kind of above the law, above everything at that point. And last year, you know, I thought he had a pretty good season, but there were you know there were moments, the Sabonis moment, which I kind of sided with Dre because Sabonis was. The way that Sabonis plays, I imagine, is frustrating for players guarding him. And it's just this year, the way that the the thing has started, the, the Rudy Gobert thing, the Rudy Gobert thing uh, really painted him as a target 
and rightfully so. And I imagine because this situation with Nurkic, and if anyone hasn't seen it, he's trying to sell that Nurkic is holding him. And Nur- that's just what Nurkic does. He holds. Like There's a moment in the same game where he sets a screen on Moody, and Nurkic holds Moody the entire time, and then pulls Moody into the paint with him and is still holding him, and uh, Moody gets a foul call. So it's just the way that those guys play, I'm sure, is kind of frustrating for for Dre. But you got to sort of, you got to be above that, and you got to not let that take you out, because if, like, let's say the goal for Nurkic and Sabonis was like, hey, how do we get Draymond out of this game? Well, you know, if we kind of grab and hold and annoy him, he'll do something and then he'll get kicked out and we win. And I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, you know, but the way the style of play is annoying and, you know, you got to sort of be above it. But after you chokehold uh, Rudy Gobert, you you are, you have an even bigger bullseye. And so this thing with Nurkic, this thing with Nurkic probably could have even been smaller than what it was, and he probably would have still got suspended. And maybe this is also them going like, look, Warriors, <laughs> you know, you kind of let this spiral last year, and, you know, look what happened, and now we have to take some sort of action. I, for, My hope is that Draymond figures out whatever he needs to figure out and comes back a sort of ha- happier and, and maybe even healthier person. But as he gets older, and we've seen this with other players, the one that it reminds me of a little bit is is Dennis Rodman. And they're, they're different players, that, but they're both so defensive-focused. There was a time after the Bulls' three championships where Dennis was like a shadow of himself. And Dennis also had his demons with the alcohol and such and, you know, not sleeping. And, and that stuff caught, caught up to him. I remember when he joined the Lakers and... Shaq was like all excited. And then when Shaq realized <laughs> Dennis was, you know, not even close to what he was, it just didn't work. And I don't think, I think Draymond, you know, this athlete, today's athlete takes care of themselves much better than uh, the athlete in the past. So from a, uh, a perspective of how long can Draymond play, I think, you know, he as long as he takes care of his body, he, he can still play his his athleticism is not what it was but it's not that far off and his defensive instincts are completely there he's a little wild with the basketball but you know this is not I don't think this is a physical thing as much as it is the way that that situation was handled last year and you know I I would love to see him come out of this indefinite suspension owning all of the things that happened last year, because what what happens by Draymond getting suspended is, yeah, he you know he hurts his own pocketbook and his, his savings account, but he really kills this team. When you are like the second best player on the team, and you can't stay on the court, you're letting your teammates down, and I think he needs to own that part of it as well. Steve Kerr and Steph did not necessarily I, I think they have his back as a human but they it's not like they they babied him this time and and Steph said and I have the quote I think this is from uh 
maybe from Anthony Slater's piece after last night's loss against Clippers, uh, Curry said about Draymond, he can't do what he's been doing. He knows that. We know that. Everybody knows that. What that means to change, I think, that's the search. Uh, so, you know, he's he's basically saying like, dude, you gotta, you, you can't be doing this stuff. You got to do differently. And that is uh, that is definitely the case. Can he though? Can the 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 way that he plays basketball? Some of the some of that edge allows him to be as good as he is even today. Uh, and, and, you know, he's on the hook. Warriors are on the hook for another four years with him. So the Draymond situation, I'm sure, will be the focal point story of the entire year. But it's not like the Warriors don't have other focal point negative stories. If anyone has seen Andrew Wiggins pick up a basketball and try and play basketball, it is like someone zapped his powers and uh, gave him two left arms like he can't catch the ball he can't dribble the ball he goes up and he's you know that explosiveness look like the bounce seems to be there but the inability to do everything in one motion into finishing above the rim or what is just gone uh clay thompson who finally had a good game against the clippers at least from a shooting perspective uh, he, he's now, <laughs> uh, benefit to him. Like, you know, he's not the, the big story right now. It seems like the Draymond situation and now this the, just Wiggins just playing so horribly has overshadowed the clay negativity here. And, you know, Wiggins got taken out of the starting lineup. Clay did not. So that is probably a positive thing for him. And Mike Dunleavy was on Tim Kawakami's TK show. I found him to be overly optimistic and I guess not surprisingly so because he is new to the job and he doesn't want to do the woe is me and he's got a boss who listens to this stuff and Lakeup I'm sure tries to be as optimistic as possible so I'm sure that was strategic but you know after the game last night they asked Steph about you know, playoffs and the team and, and all that stuff. And he said, you're probably going to have to ask me after every game. It's literally taking it one game at a time, as crazy as it sounds. That's not something we are used to saying. But we were just talking about it in the locker room. We just need to win on Saturday. It's okay to take small bites at this thing. I think we're obviously a long way from the tier we want to be in. So let's just win on Saturday. And that is against the Nets. And then they play Portland. And we saw how... They matched up against Portland the last time. Uh, I'm going on Friday against the Wizards. Jordan Poole, hopefully Jordan Poole will play. I know he's kind of been out, but he's, uh, I think he play. I think he's activated and healthy today. So hopefully that bodes well. Uh, hope, And I also hope the Warriors fan base gives him a nice uh, homecoming because even though he was kind of the, the excuse for last year and and I don't you know Brian and I were constantly talking about it we didn't think he played well at all especially defensively he may have been the worst defender in the league but still 2022 doesn't happen without contribution from Jordan Poole so I hope the audience uh receives him very well all right so they lost to the Clippers 
they were sort of lucky to be in it as late as they were. The first half was horrendous. Pajemski started, Kaminga started, and it sounds like Pajemski is going to be given some runway. Clay, Steph, and Pajemski as your one, two, and three is really weird. But Pajemski makes things happen. He rebounds for his position. He gets into the passing lanes, which creates fast breaks on the other side. Nobody else is doing that right now. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm open to it. I, 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 I'm, I like to see Pajemski play. It's just I'm not sure. I would have probably gone Moody and given Moody some of the rope that they're giving Pajemski and have Pajemski just be that absolute uh, microwave oven off of the bench to heat things up. But I think the problem with that is when CP has the ball, CP and CP only have the ball, and Pajemski's just kind of going into a corner, which, which makes me wonder how long CP is for this team, especially if the Warriors don't get back into this playoff race anytime soon. Chris Paul is almost being wasted, and he's probably better suited you know, to go maybe back up Dame or something in Milwaukee. So that would be something to keep an eye on is is what they do with uh, Chris Paul. Because, you know, he is the adult in the room, but, man, he sure slows things down. They sure take a lot of time off the shot clock when he is in the game, and everyone just caters to him and gets him the ball, and they just move at his pace. So uh, I, I do wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, as far as... Steph, I mean, he just is I, – I wonder if he needs some time off. He seems tired. He seems frustrated. He's getting double teamed and triple teamed, and when he passes, nobody can really do anything, which has got to be frustrating for him. So I don't know what the what the solution to that problem is. You know, even Clay having that really good game last night did not unlock Steph in any way. Steph still had a poor game. Some of that was, or I would say most of that was Kawhi Leonard always around him. But uh, he may need a break, man. Remember how LeBron would take a couple weeks off just because he was so overly frustrated with his squad. Steph may need that, though. I don't know if the Warriors could afford it because uh, at 10-14 and 14 already, you know, you're four games under five hundred. Getting back to 500 is kind of the start of even talking play-in game. You know, I think 50 wins at this point is probably not happening. Um, unless something drastically changes, of course. And, you know, I saw the trade rumors today of Siakam or Ananobi. And it's like, nope, it starts with Keegan Murray. I was like, oh, God, we don't really have a Keegan Murray to trade. <laughs> Though, you look at Keegan Murray's numbers, he's he's kind of struggling this year as well. So uh, the Warriors play on uh, on Saturday, and they play, I guess uh, we haven't seen Brooklyn yet. So they play at home against the Nets. The Nets have some of those long guys that give Warriors trouble. Then they play on Sunday at 6 against the Blazers. We saw that. The, the Warriors were kind of lucky to get out of that one. And then you get Boston. God, Boston. I'm sure Boston is salivating right now to see the Warriors where they are, especially after the Warriors beat them a couple years ago in the title game or in the championship. And then the Warriors have a nice break until Friday, uh, and then they see the 
Wizards. The the Blazers game's actually on the road, so they play at home, then they go to Portland, short trip, come back for two home games. Uh, actually, no, three home games. And then on Christmas Day, they're not in the marquee slot this year. It is the Warriors and Nuggets at 11.30 a.m. on Christmas Day. 49ers also play on that day, so that's going to be a long one for me. Um, all right. So Brian and I, I think we're going to try to be back on Thursday, which will be bef- the day before the Wizards game. So we'll have the Celtics game to talk about. We'll have this Nets game to talk about. We'll have the Blazers game to talk about and uh, hope that we can be back uh, on Thursday. All right. I'm Double GC. When we see you, peace out.